We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hi there, and welcome to the Transformation for Success show, and I hope you're having a great day. Yes, this is Fantastic Tuesday, and I'm so excited. We have a dynamic and inspiring guest today, Miss Wendy Gladney Dean. Wendy is a multifaceted businesswoman and is owner of Wendy's Enterprises, consisting of Personal Services Plus Consulting Firm, Forgiving for Living Incorporated, and she's author. Also, a noted author and speaker. She's here today, and she's going to share the principles and steps to help you on the path to greater physical and spiritual well-being. Today, our show is about forgiveness, the power of forgiveness that leads to success. But first, I want to give a big shout out and thanks from the bottom of my heart to all of those who have served as guests on the Transformation for Success show on the Empowerment Channel. For truly, it was through their stories, their sharing and caring, that many have learned and grown to transform their lives. And yes, we are now on the Empowerment Channel on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's a change of time because we went from 12 noon to now, I'm sorry, 2 p.m. to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. And we're on the Women's Channel on Fridays at 12 noon. And remember, all of these shows can be downloaded on www.transformationforsuccess.com. So, listeners, I'm inviting you to call in the show today or you can contact me via Facebook and our Twitter and keep those emails and Facebook notes and the notes on Twitter and downloads coming because this show is designed to inspire you, give you guidance and principles to help you on that path to greater emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being in your personal and professional life. Again, our topic today is about forgiveness that leads to success. And when I researched the word forgiveness, I found that forgiveness is the intentional and voluntary process by which a person undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense, lets go of negative emotions such as vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender wealth. Forgiveness is different from condoning. And that's failing to see the action as wrong or in need of forgiveness or excusing that person, not holding the person as responsible for the action. Pardoning, as we know, uh, is granted by society, such as a judge. 
but and forgetting, removing awareness of that offense from your consciousness and reconciliation, which is res- restoration of a relationship. Now, in certain contexts, forgiveness is a legal term for absolving or giving up all claims on account of debts or loans, obligations or other claims. And as a psychological concept and virtue, the benefits of forgiveness have been explored in religious thought, the social sciences and medicine. Forgiveness may be considered simply in terms of the person who forgives, including forgiving themselves in terms of the person forgiven or in terms of the relationship between the forgiver and the person forgiving. You know, in most contexts, forgiveness is granted without any expectation of restorative justice and without any response on the part of the offender. And for example, you can forgive a person who is dead. In practical terms, and I know this is difficult for many, and the reason why I've gone into all of this explanation, because there are a lot of you out there in the community may not know all of the aspects of forgiveness. And that sometimes it's necessary for the offender to offer some form of acknowledgement or an apology or even just ask for forgiveness in order for the person who's been wrong to believe him or herself able to forgive. And we all know that many world religions include teachings on the nature of forgiveness. And many of these teachings have provided an underlying basis for many varying modern day traditions and practices of forgiveness. So I know that there are so many that are hurt, embittered, despondent, fearful, and unforgiving people in the world today. So I know that Wendy's story of her journey of learning to forgive and how it moved her to success is going to benefit many of you today. So, Wendy, welcome to the Transformation for Success show today. Dr. Barbara, thank you so much. And as I was listening to you share about the importance and the definition of forgiveness, I felt like you were right in my head. So I think you and I are on the same page, and we understand forgiveness in a very similar uh, style and fashion. So thank you so much for having me on your show. It's always a pleasure to be involved with whatever you are doing or whatever you're about. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show because I'm always following you, Wendy, to see what you're doing and how really you're impacting so many lives in the community, in, both in your article that you write about forgiveness and just the work that you're doing in the community. So I wanted you particularly to just share a little bit of your fascinating journey and how, tell us about your journey of success. I know that you may want to share some of the challenges, but we want to get on to your definition of success and how transformation happened in your life and how you were able to forgive some of the things that happened to you. Well, you know, success is actually defined so differently for different mm-hmm. people. And, right. But for me, I feel that when you are living out your purpose, One of the things that I talk about often when I'm on a speaking engagement or I have Mm -hmm. an opportunity to share with someone that I may be mentoring is that it's important to learn your meaning. And when Mm -hmm. you learn your meaning, it allows you to develop your message, which is what you say and what you do. And when you develop your message, you can't help but fulfill your mission. So I tell them it's meaning, message, and mission. 
those three pieces come together that help define your purpose. Uh-huh. And when you live your purpose every single day, um, or at least as much as possible, because I know we're not always on point every day, but when we, we strive to live our purpose, I think success is just a, a byproduct that comes from that because we're uh-huh. walking in our destiny. We're walking in the things that are meant for our lives. Right. And I also believe that when we're doing what we're supposed to do, um, your gifts make room for you, which means that you will always be able to find a way to fulfill that purpose. You mm-hmm. will be compensated for that purpose, and you will be able to sustain yourself through that purpose. At least for me, that's what I have found, not just for myself, but for many mm-hmm. others. Now, that does not mean you're always going to reach life's riches in terms of finances, but I do believe that you will learn how to use what comes your way to live a very fulfilling life as it relates to on this earth, and the needs will be met. So for me, ultimately, I feel that success is when you live your purpose, and then when you're Mm -hmm. able to be compensated for that purpose, and in all of that, you're making a difference in the lives that you're touching. Well, you know, uh, Wendy, you have a very fascinating story. Do you want to share with the listeners a little bit about how you it, you were moved uh, to move into actually the area of forgiveness and living in your purpose? So share a little bit uh, about your background and story. Sure. It would be a pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Barbara. Well, mm-hmm. um, for those that are not familiar with my story, I am actually a biracial child from the 1960s. My biological mother uh, is white. My biological father is African-American. And I was, dur- I was born during the time that most people would know when our country was in civil rest, civil unrest. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's <laughs> some of that still exists today. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> but it was also during the time that we would, I would say, uh, log as the civil rights movement. And mm-hmm. we had segregation. We had uh, different things happening around the country that were based a lot around race. And so my mother, coming from a pretty uh, well-to-do, um, affluent, middle-class white family, she wasn't really strong when she did not have the, the backing of her family when it came to marrying an African-American and having a, an African-American child at that time. Mm-hmm. So I was actually abandoned by my mother as a little girl, and I was actually, during that same period of time, I began to experience, around six years old, sexual abuse by my father. Mm-hmm. Um, my father lived a pretty worldly life at that time. He was caught up in many things that were not advantageous to living a very fruitful and productive, Mm -hmm. strong, healthy life. And so I became a victim um, of his lifestyle. And so I would basically live under that for quite some time. Now, um, at the same time, I, I did go back and forth from my father to my grandmother. So I was raised by my paternal side of the family. I mm-hmm. lived a lot with my grandmother, but I was tossed to and fro back and forth to my father whenever he would say, I want my daughter. I want my, you know, I want her back. I want her back. So now, Wendy, uh, just to interrupt, this was mm-hmm. your, your father's mother. Yes, my paternal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, your paternal, right. Okay, yes, I'm uh-huh. sorry. Okay, just want to clarify. Yeah, because I did not have any relationships with my mother's family until I was grown okay. at all on my maternal side. So, um, so for many years, I actually went through just the struggle of what it felt like to be biracial, what it felt like to be abandoned by, your, your, by one's mother, and then also to experience sexual abuse by my father. Mm-hmm. And it 
this would go on, this cycle would go on until I was 16 years old. And when I was 16 years old, my father had a heart attack, and they weren't sure if he was going to still be able to you know, to live and to carry on. And and so I went to the hospital to see my father and to be able to say my goodbyes. And my father and I, you know, did not talk much at that point, but a tear did run down his face. And I could tell that he was, you know, remorseful Mm -hmm. and, and just thinking a lot about what his life had stood for and what he had been doing. And, um, as life would have it at that time, my father did not, uh, pass away. He did not die, but he did stay in the hospital for approximately, um, a month or so. And during that time, he began to, I guess, really search for his own purpose and his own life. And mm-hmm. he actually turned back to the church because we were all raised in the church through my grandmother, which was his mother. Mm-hmm. And um, he began to give his life back to the Lord. And in doing so, he, he really had came full circle. And so that began the healing process for my father and I. And it would be a process that would stay with us, and it was a journey that we struggled with for many years after that. But we we were able, through the power of forgiveness, to reach a point of healing and moving on. And I actually became very involved in my father's life as an adult and the work that he was doing because he did uh, get involved with ministry. He he was mm-hmm. a pastor of a church and also another nonprofit organization called um, Hope and Help, which helped kids in the community. And, and so I was very involved with that. On this, at the same time, during my lifetime of college years, I really wanted to know who my mother was. Because one thing I've learned is that no matter what children go through in their life with their parents, they always, always want to either know more about their parents, protect their parents, That's right. and, or, or understand. I mean, we see kids all the time sometimes that are mm-hmm. being hit and, and slapped by their parents, and they're like, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, please, um, I love you, I love you. It's like it's something in us that just wants to gravitate back to our parents. So I went on a quest to find my mother. I did find my mother while I was in college, and um, at that time my mother had remarried, and there was no place for me in her life at that time due to several factors with her husband uh, that she was married to, who was also a white gentleman. And uh, so I would have to wait another 12 years. I met my mother when I was 18, and when I was 30 years old, I received a phone call one day, and my mother told me that her husband had died and left her homeless, and she wanted to know if I would be able to help her. And so um, at that time... Wendy, i got to stop you. i got to stop you. This is great, but I just want to I just want to stop for a few minutes because this is something. If I play this back, people, the listeners out there, I know will go, "My gosh, you had biracial parents, you had abuse and abandonment." So that is what somebody would call a triple whammy that happens to a child. Six and then 16. I mean, it's how did you grapple with the abandonment issue and then and make peace? And here you are. You said you went to college. So there are some, some, some things here, maybe principles that we can tease out how you overcame some of this to even do well in school enough to even go to college. So that's why I'm asking to fill in the, grap- the, the gaps a little bit. Because this is a very, very compelling story. Well, thank so, you, Dr. Barbara. So, and I was uh, glad Tell me, to how say. did you... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry and, I cut you off. 
No, no problem whatsoever. So just let me just finish this point about that story, and then I'll go into telling you how it came to me to be able to move on and to move forward and to not right. only help my life, but then uh, we've been able to help others in the process. But um, so during the time that my mother actually came to live with me and I was um, taking care of her during those 11 years, um, my father had totally transitioned his life during that time, and he, like I had mentioned, became a pastor of a church mm-hmm. and was very involved. My mother actually started going to church with me to my father's church where she also became um, she accepted the Lord as her savior savior and it was my father that actually baptized my mother so there was a complete and genuine healing that occurred within our family and um, and and both my parents would stay in my life in a positive way uh, Mm -hmm. until their death now both of my biological parents are deceased now But what I learned, to answer your other question, Mm -hmm. is when people would ask me all the time, you know, knowing what what my background was and where I came from, um, a couple of things. One, I did have a strong grandmother. There is a power in grandmothers, I have to say that. And Mm -hmm. my father's mother, although she did not know really how to handle the sexual abuse in our family, which many, especially African-American communities, especially going back to the 1960s, really did not talk about those types of issues and those types of things. They tend to um, sweep them under the rug, and they tend to go into a denial stage. But my grandmother, who, so she, she struggled with that. But my grandmother, who was firstborn generation free in our family, her father was born a slave and freed as a little boy. My grandmother migrated from the South, came to California in the 1940s in search of a better life for her children and her family. She also was a God-fearing woman who loved the Lord, went to church, and taught us basic principles um, as it relates to church, God, and forgiveness. Yes. Wendy, I'm going to have to stop you right there. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back and learn more about what happened with your grandmother. And listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hi there, and welcome back to my show today, Transformation for Success, with the fabulous and glamorous, beautiful Wendy Gladney-Dean, coach, consultant, community relations expert, and she is giving us the fascinating story today of the power of forgiveness that leads to success. So, Wendy, thank you so much again for being on the show today. So, as we were talking about uh, your grandmother and where your grandmother was from and a little bit about her background, so... Share with us what you were talking about. Thank you, Dr. Barbara. So, Uh again, as I was saying, so my grandmother was first generation born free um, in our family. Her father was born a slave and freed as a little boy. She migrated to uh, California from the south in hopes of a better life. And one of the things that she always taught all of us, her children, her grandchildren, was principles of the Bible, principles of uh, just living a healthy and good life. But one of the things she always taught me was to honor your mother and father. She would always say that the Bible would would say to honor your parents, and it doesn't mm-hmm. say if they act right. And I think that was a seed that always stayed with me, even mm-hmm. though I came from the type of environment that I came from with my parents. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful that I had a positive voice in my life. So one of the things that I often talk about is the importance of a positive voice in your yes. life. Right. And when we hear nothing but negative um voices and and people Mm -hmm. say negative things, it's very difficult sometimes to break that chain or to break that cycle, especially when you are surrounded by things that can really hurt your life and hurt your spirit. And um, over over time, when people would ask me often about how were you able to overcome, how were you able to do the things that you did with all of those challenges that you faced as a child. I didn't really understand it for a very long time because I had Mm -hmm. never really thought about my life being special or different or, Mm -hmm. or I, I, as a matter of fact, I kind of thought it was kind of sad to be honest. And so, Mm -hmm. um, as I, as I matured and got older and continued to think about it, I was able to develop what we call healing without hate, how to forgive to live. And it's a 10 step program. And, or it's a 10-step philosophy, I should really say. So mm-hmm. do I have time to just share real quick what those 10 steps are? We'll real go quick. through as many as we can. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the first one that I always talk about is prayer. Some people may refer to it as meditation, but it's basically what I've learned is that when you're praying about a situation or praying for someone, um, it's very hard to, to actually hate them. It's very hard to have a negative feeling because what will really happen is either you will receive a breakthrough, they will receive a breakthrough and come mm-hmm. to you, or you'll mm-hmm. just quit praying about it in the, you know, right. if, it's, if you're not you know, really uh, feeling it sincerely. So the first step would be prayer. Number two, I always talk about the importance of seeking counsel. 
don't be ashamed or afraid to get the help you need. And counsel can come in many forms, whether mm-hmm. it's through a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a coach, a mentor, a teacher, a pastor. There are various forms of counseling. But just mm-hmm. be careful where you go to seek that help because you don't mm-hmm. want to go to just a friend or to an acquaintance that maybe doesn't understand how to advise you properly or may share information that you don't want shared. So just be careful where you seek that counsel, but don't be ashamed to go and get that help. Number three, confront. Confront the situation. Confront your life. Face it. I often talk about there's a difference between looking through a window versus looking in the mirror. When you confront a situation, sometimes it may be you. You may have to, depending on the situation that you're involved with, you know, what role did you play in it? Now, when children are victims, I am not talking about children playing a role in something at all. So let's make that clear when I talk about my life. Mm -hmm. But When we talk about, in general, situations that may need forgiveness, sometimes we have to look at, did we play a role in whatever that situation was? Mm -hmm. Do, you know, do we need to maybe uh, go before someone and ask someone else to forgive us in order for the situation to be healed? That's exactly right. So so face it, confront Mm -hmm. the situation. Number four, sometimes we have to learn to release. Just let it go. Some things you'll never be able to change for different reasons. Some people don't want to hear you. Some people don't even realize what they've done. And for some, some the people that may have hurt them or wronged them may be deceased, may be gone, and they don't have a chance to be able to um, basically have a face-to-face with that person. And you have to learn to just let it go. In my mm-hmm. workshops, I have various different things that I share with people that they can do to help with this process, um, whether it's write a letter and mail it and, and just don't send it to an address. And just let it go. Just let it go. Another exercise I sometimes share with people is where they ball their fist up and count to 10 and then slowly open up their palms and they begin to see or feel this tension that releases from their body. And that's similar to what what happens in our lives when we learn to just let let something go. Just let it go. Mm -hmm. Number five, which is the cornerstone, the center of what it's all about, and it's called forgive. And we talk about the difference... Uh, between pardon and parole. And I heard you in the intro discuss Mm -hmm. a little bit about that. And it's true because oftentimes when we tell people we forgive them, we parole them, which means we put conditions on it. We Mm -hmm. say, oh, I forgive her, but if she does it again, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. You know, well, then have you really forgiven her? Because really at the end of the day, forgiveness is not always about just the other person. Oftentimes it's really about us. It's really about you. I've always said that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because what I've learned is sometimes people have wronged you or hurt you, and they don't even remember it, or they don't even care. <laughs> right. They've gone on with their life, and here you and are. And you still hold stuck. on and still held back. <laughs> yeah, and you're stuck back in 1982, you know, because you're still holding on to whatever that is. So when we pardon people, it's where we just let it go. And like you said um, earlier, letting something go and forgiving does not mean you excuse it. It does not mean that, but it does mean that you let the shackles be let go from you as it relates to how it controls your life. Number six, attitude. My, my whole mantra in life is, also, is about having a positive attitude. Have an attitude of gratitude because no matter what you've been through in life, the fact that you're still here means that you have another opportunity to get it right. It also means that you've overcome. You're an overcomer. The fact that you're still here. And then also what I've learned, especially in a lot of my world travels, and, and you don't even have to travel the world to see this, that oftentimes whatever we've been through, 
you just turn your head and you will find someone that has been through something a lot worse. So I try to get up every day with an attitude of gratitude and thankfulness. Step seven is about joy and happiness. Learn to appreciate the good things in your life. Learn to find the things that you can be happy about, that you can, you know, praise, be prayerful and praise about. I've just learned that there's always going to be negativity, always. But do we ever stop to try to think about the positive things in our lives? And I tell people that joy Uh is like... That, that core inside of you that no one can ever take away from you that we learn in church and, and from those types of uh, faith environments. Whereas happiness is more about the things that are happening around you. So you have to learn to understand what is that core inside of you that keeps you your joy stable. And then learn to surround yourself with things that make you happy. For me, I love family. For me, I love family pictures. I love um, flowers. I love iced tea. I love hot tea. So I surround myself with things that make me happy. So if I'm not having a, a, so, a not-so-good day, I make sure I have those things. Another thing that makes me happy are candles. So I just, I just kind of light my candles. I look at family pictures. I pour myself a cup of tea. And I, you know, I can put, I can center myself into a better place. So learn how to find the joy and happiness in life. Step eight is all about goals. Learn to write it down. Dreams are good. And dreams are oftentimes what help us get to our goals. But if you just dream and you don't make a goal of it, it's very hard to achieve it. So make sure that you think about your goals, write them down, and then also journal. Because when you journal, then that's when you can look back and see the success that you have. That's where you can see the joy and the good things in your life. And then step nine is give. It's very important to give. No matter where you are in life or what uh, economic status even you may be, you always have something that you can share with others. Sometimes it can be resources. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it may be even, um, you know, finances. There's different things that you can provide to people. And then number 10 is all about live. Do it now. Because one thing I've learned, I had a scare with cancer Mm -hmm. many years ago as an adult, and I learned how precious life is and can be. And that we can't put off for tomorrow, uh, thinking that tomorrow's always going to be promised. So you have to learn to live each and every day to the fullest with your purpose. Oh, my goodness. This is wonderful, Wendy. With all of these 10 steps, I mean, you've just given a mini seminar <laughs> to all the listeners out there. I cannot thank you enough. But I have a, a question for you in terms of really forgetting and forgiving. This is so hard for many people. It, it's, I want to use the word hard. It's difficult for many mm-hmm. people to really, really let go. So one of the things I wanted um, to say, how did you find or how would you recommend people finding peace within themselves and how do they know they're living their purpose? We go through all these 10 steps, healing without hate. Now I need to move on with my life and step into my destiny. How, what are some of the indicators that people are, are living their purpose? Okay. Okay, I think that you kind of asked a couple of questions, so I'll try to uh, remember them and answer them. But one of them is I I think that um, when it comes to how can you really let go and really how can you forgive and move on, I think, first of all, 
it, you have to remember, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. And what I always say is it's also a process. But more than all of that, I think it's a choice. I think you have to choose that you want to just move on with your life and you get up every single day with that in your mind to the point where you, 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 you just learn to move forward. There was um, something I learned a long time ago when people would say, um, if I want you to quit thinking about oranges, I can't keep telling you, oh, forget thinking about oranges. Quit thinking about oranges. No, what you have to do is you have to replace that with a new thought. So now I'll say, wow, I would love to have an apple. And so you keep talking about that long enough. You're not even thinking about oranges anymore. You're now thinking about apples. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing that, you know, you have to learn. That's why in my 10 steps when I talk about setting goals, you have to put, you have to have things that are now replacing some of those negative thoughts, some of those negative energies that put you into a positive path that will then help you get to and achieve your purpose and live that purpose. But it's also something that you have to be mindful about and make a choice to do. Oftentimes people stay stuck because they want to stay stuck, to be honest with you. They don't, they don't really want to put in the work and the energy that it takes to move on with their life. And sometimes people play the blame game. They they right, they get right. uh, stuck and comfortable in putting the blame on someone else of why they're not where they're supposed to be or want to be in life. And so I think ultimately it's a choice that we have to make. And then once we make that choice, then we have to uh, put into action steps that help us to achieve that. Um, your next question that I believe you were asking is, how does someone move into that purpose or how yes. do they live that life? Right. What, what I would say is um, think about what you enjoy doing. Think about what people constantly comment on. And I do believe that your gifts can make room for you, but I don't believe that your gifts necessarily are your purpose. I think they can be tools that can be used with your purpose or in your purpose, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your gifts are your total purpose. For me, for example, what I mean by that is some of my gifts are means to an end. So Mm -hmm. when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I used to hear people talk about gifts all the time, and I used to think, my goodness, what is my gift? Because (laughs) I, I really didn't know what my gifts were. And someone that uh, was near and dear to me, still is, said, Wendy, you have the gift of hospitality and encouragement. I said, well, what kind of gift is that? <laughs> I mean, because most of the time, I, when I thought of gifts, I thought of people who could sing or play the piano right, or, right. you know, something of that nature <laughs> as a gift, you know, could play sports, you know, yeah. or something. But I'm thinking, what kind of gift is encouragement and hospitality? Well, what I've learned is that my purpose is about helping people have a better life, Mm -hmm. helping people see life in a better way, helping people to understand the value and importance of forgiveness, and then helping them to be happy and to learn what their path is. Well, what better way to share that or to bring that out than through hospitality and encouragement? You know, Wendy, you bring up a point that I've often thought that all of us are put here, placed here by the loving creator to step into our destinies. And as I listen to your story and stories of many other women that I've come across, and certainly you have in your journey as well, 
when you think about the background, the things that they've gone through, that all of these are not necessarily to defeat you, but to help you to become and step into your purpose and to bring that those experiences that you had and you overcame to help someone else. Because without them, you would not be where you are today. But being an overcomer, and I'm using your word, being that overcomer. So all of a sudden, I just wanted to say that to those who might be out there who are really going through something and saying, I don't see how this is going to shape me into my future destiny, but it does. And as we began to think about living and making it joyful, enjoy the journey, more or less, because it is a journey. And it's not to bog you down, to have you with hatred and bitterness and discouragement, but to have you to look and see. And truly, that's what this show is about, Wendy. It's to be that voice of change, that voice of hope to people out there. So again, I want to thank you again for just sharing and being so transparent about your experiences. One of, and one of the things, Wendy, you certainly have been a trailblazer for many women, going from what I call and use the word being victim to being victorious. My next question is, do you think much has changed for women today and how? That's a really interesting question because I think each generation mm-hmm. um, has their own challenges, situations that they have to endure or, mm-hmm. or deal with. And maybe what our grandparents or our parents may have dealt with is different than what we deal with today. But I also think there are some things that are cyclical. They go in cycles. And, um, and, and, we, and we're seeing that today. So, for example, what I mean by that is mm-hmm. with some of the young ladies that we work with or serve through our nonprofit called Forgiving for Living, they have been challenged with issues such as human or sex trafficking, um, being gang raped in order to be a member of a gang. Mm-hmm. And and these are the type of situations that we would never have imagined we would have to deal with in 2016 mm-hmm. as it relates to the rights of women, the rights of girls. Mm-hmm. Um, so in in some ways, there could be, depending on what lens you're looking through, some advancements, whether it's in the corporate arena or whether it's, you know, in the community presence or the political leaders of our time that just even in um, my lifetime and probably your lifetime, we've seen an increase as relates to women in leadership in certain roles. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, when it comes to human rights, there are so many things that are still challenges that we are faced with that we have to do something about and we have to take a stand on. And even today, when it comes to funding for women or female organizations, especially for girls under 18, they receive um, almost 10% of what the male counterparts um, are receiving in support and help as relates to education and grants and things of that nature. And then when you look at the income level of where a woman is doing the same job as a man, she's still being paid less than that man. And then when we throw in the banner of color, then that adds a whole different level because women of color are making less than um, our white sisters that are doing the Can same job. Can I hold job. you right 
quickly. We've got to go for a quick commercial break and we'll be right back as we discuss some of the changes for women today. Thank you, listeners. Don't go away. We'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, Where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at one 888 346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi there, and welcome back to my guest today on Transformation for Success, Wendy Gladney Dean, consultant, speaker, coach, motivational author, Oh, my God, she's so fantastic. I could go on and on. But we are talking about forgiving for success. So, Wendy, we were talking about, uh, actually, I had asked you the question about, you think much has changed for women today and how? And there's so many challenges. And you were talking about women of color and what has changed or had not changed for them. Yes, um, Dr. Barbara, it's so interesting because, um, like the saying says, that as so much changes, so much stays the same. And there was a period of time when we made so many strides as women and as women of color, and I kind of look at it almost like a bell shape, that we were climbing, we were climbing, we were climbing, we reached a certain plateau, Mm -hmm. and then it's almost as if we've climaxed and now we're coming down. It's almost like we're coming down on the other side of the bell curve where we're seeing some of those those victories that we achieved that are falling and we're almost 
going back. It's almost like we re- we are reverting, regressing, right, and regressing in terms of our of, of accomplishments. And so it's really sad because there's always going to be a few that that are out there that are the example of doing exceptionally well, like the Oprahs. Let's just say, mm-hmm. but in general. Many of us struggle. And then when you begin to throw in other, especially social, social or economic components, women of color, single mothers, all of those um, different things that could play a role in their success, there's, there's a lot of challenges today that women still face, and especially women of color. And I can say this too, Wendy, they're not just um, issues that impact us here in the United States, but they're issues that impact women globally. Um, yeah. And so uh, I have to re- be reminded of my global audience out there because there's so many women who are going through uh, domestic violence uh, and abuse in the homes, um, not being able to get their wares to the marketplace, um, unemployment, the economy for them is really, really bad, trying to be health issues and health care. I mean, there are just these these challenges, but I always, because I'm like you, I speak hope and I'm positive and I'm I because we are transformational agents of change and that's how yes. I see you. And and so what I'm saying is for women out there and men we can only operate within our own sphere of influence. I may not be able to change the world, but I will be able to help those women and men who want to make a difference, who are inspired to in their own communities, in their own homes to be that voice of encouragement, to be that voice of hope. And for those women, uh, we know that there's still a lot of work to do, but I'm up to it, and Wendy, I know you are too, and as long as I live, I'm going to be continuing to do the work that God has given me to do. I think that's wonderful, and I think what's really important is that we have to make sure that as we climb, we reach back and pull someone up with us. And don't think of each other as competition, but as sisters and trying to help one another. I love that. And we may we may start something, a movement I call Sisters in Healing Without Hate. <laughs> it's important. Because it's definitely it important so because oftentimes important. people still see each other as competition when that's not even necessary. There's no, enough I feel my out job there is for all complete. of us. There's enough. Right. I, I had once wanted to start, actually, and I still may do this, where we have buttons that we are sisters. We're helping to complete and not compete. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a good saying. You know, and I also remember a saying that was said, if you can, don't lie. And if you can't, don't try. So if you can help someone, don't lie and say you can't. But if you can't, yeah. just share that and say, you know That's what, right. this time around, I'm not able to do that. But do all that you can to make a difference in other people's lives. It always comes back to you. You can't help, but when you help others, it always comes back to you in some form or another. Well, you know, when I I remember growing up and I I had this desire, I wanted to make a difference in the world, but I didn't know. I was 19 and I wrote that in a book, that I want to make a difference in the world, but I didn't know how, I didn't Uh know when or where. But one of the things I remember reflecting when I got to be 36 years old and I was saying, well, I didn't know I was going to have to go through all of this to be able to make that difference. And that's Uh why I look at all of the experiences that may be hurtful, hateful, that, but they help to shape me into the woman I am today because I made up my mind that I would become that person who would overcome. But to share those experiences to help somebody else, to let them know that I don't care how high or how low it may be, you can 
make a difference. You can, but it all is a matter of choice. Wendy, I want to ask you this question. Who is someone you admire or would look up to as a role model for success? And I know you know so many people, and I want to have you single out anybody, but you might talk about characteristics or character because we may get into trouble when we start talking about who you admire and somebody's left out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's an excellent question, and I would, I would probably – mention a couple of people. One, I can't help but think of my grandmother. When I think of, I, yeah, uh, her name was Rebecca Ruth yeah. Reed Harris. And uh-huh. when I think about what she had to endure and overcome and just the principles that she instilled in my life mm-hmm. to help me become who I am today, in mm-hmm. spite of all of the difficulties that may have crossed my path, I know that a lot of what I'm about today is I am the seed of Rebecca. And so I am totally grateful to my grandmother and and who she is in my life. Another woman who is um, deceased and gone on, but I just in terms of her mannerisms and how she was available and made herself mm-hmm. available as an agent of change was Miss Rosa Parks. I didn't know her, but I did meet her during her lifetime, but I, I can't say I was her friend or anything of that nature. But um, because of uh, another wonderful friend who's gone named Willis Edwards, who was very involved with Miss Rosa Parks, I was able to, to meet her and make her acquaintance. And just something about her demeanor and her spirit mm-hmm. has always um, touched me and, and made, as a matter of fact, I have two pictures of her up in my home. The very first picture that everybody knows of where she sat on the bus, that's so important. Yes. And then I bought um, a painting by a local African-American artist that uh, did a sitting of her, which was the last picture ever done of mm-hmm. her. So I have her first public and her last public. And, um, and so that's something that means a lot to me. And then as it relates to others, I mean, there's a woman that touched my heart so deeply um, who's also, her name was Mother Jackson, who's also deceased. That These are women of character. These are women mm-hmm. who sold into my mm-hmm. life and that lived, they, they, they lived the life they talked about. So they walked the talk. And, and so they, they mean the world to me. And then if you'd want me to mention one person who I know is still alive, Mm-hmm. And um, that I would say that I've had a chance to work with, um, to become her friend, and to be someone that I would say has never changed, and that would be Congresswoman Karen Bass. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. You know, um, these are wonderful, wonderful uh, women. And I know, I don't know Rebecca, did know Rosa Parks, did know Willis Edwards. These are wonderful people of character. Mm-hmm. And Karen, of course. Thank you so much, Wendy, for sharing. My last question is, what's next for you? What's next? Well, oh gosh, so much is next. I mean, on a, well, just give me I one thing because I got to close the show in a few minutes. Personal <laughs> and professional. It's just I just want to be the best wife, mother, and friend that God would have me be for the people in my life. I think that's admirable. And I met your husband, and he sang at my birthday party. <laughs> I know he told you about that. He yes, was singing he did. At, he was yes. singing at the restaurant, mm-hmm. and they held a little birthday celebration. And it was so thoughtful because it was right after my husband's death, and I really appreciated him singing Unforgettable. Mm-hmm. And truly, that was my husband's song that he would always sing to me. So best wishes for you. And I want to thank you and your husband. Jerome. He's a wonderful man. You're a very blessed woman. 
So thank you, Wendy, again, for being on the show. And I just want to give a big shout out for you and applaud you for being the woman you are today and being undeterred by the obstacles and the challenges that you had to face, because truly you are an overcomer and you deserve all the blessings and the accolades that you are receiving. And I know you've shared some very inspiring principles and key 10 points of healing without hate. And I know the listeners have benefited from your wisdom and experiences. So listeners, I want you to tell your friends out there to download this show because there are tips that you need to know. And I know there are a lot of women and men that are still hanging on to unforgiveness and issues and things that this will set you free. So remember, forgiveness is a choice. And miracles truly happen when people truly forgive, let go, and move on to be that successful person and walk in your purpose, as Wendy has said, as God intended you to be, because you can transcend and you can triumph too. So I want to say to all of you out there, be encouraged, be forever transformed, because this is something that is meant for you. And I am, again, thankful for my guest, Wendy Gladney-Dean, sharing her story and her principles, how to embrace happiness, experience joy, and live a fulfilled life through the power of forgiveness. Now, I want you to tune in next week as I have another exciting guest on the show, an award Academy-nominated actress, Jen Gottson, who is going to be with us on the show, Transformation for Success. So stay tuned as we will be with you then. So be forever transformed, and I'll see you next week. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hi, 